Enlorn. And I'm Donna Grace. Welcome to the Life Rebalanced Podcast. Today's guest on the Life Rebalanced Podcast is Carol Ann Penny. Carol Ann Penny is a leadership coach. We met at a networking event here in Providence, Rhode Island, and you were so lovely to speak with, Carol. And the first time that we met, I was just, I was really looking forward to having another opportunity to speak with you. So thank you for agreeing to come on the podcast and share your story, first of all, because that was how we started to engage with you telling me about your story and your career path. And that's really what you're here to talk about today is how your own career path led you to really helping others figure out theirs. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So can you start off by giving um, you know, a short background on yourself? I know you went to school at Brown University. And so can you talk a little bit about that and how it led you to where you are? Yeah, I went to Brown. I studied education and I always knew I didn't want to be a teacher, but I didn't yet have the words for what it was that I wanted to do. I was always interested in personal and professional growth. And looking back, I can see the thread that connects everything that I've done, both in school and then working in the nonprofit sector in Providence. And it that interest in learning and growth, self-development and leadership is what really led me to become a certified professional coach eight years ago. What I do is I help people to navigate their work with purpose and resilience. And so that means that you're approaching things with intention and adaptability. And that's something that is so important where there are no clear career paths for us to just get on and go anymore. It's more on us to make our own paths and be creative and make changes a lot. And so how can we be really ready to do that in a proactive way that aligns with who we are, what we stand for, and what we bring to the table? You know, I think that's so interesting. I remember being in college. I went to Providence College and I also started out actually studying education and then I pivoted. I realized I did not want to be a teacher. I think it's really interesting that you said you were studying education, but you knew that you didn't want to teach. So you knew that there were skills. There was a skill set that you were going to nurture by studying that, but use in a very different way. I definitely did not have that sort of like self-awareness and foresight when I was 19, 20 years old. I oh, knew that I didn't I... either. <laughs> oh, you didn't either? Okay. No, I mean, I think I was feeling my way along. And when I look back, I can really make sense of it. And the thing that really drew me to that department, I think, was that all of the courses were cross-listed. So it would be like history and public policy or cognitive science and psychology. And so I'm really drawn to the connections between things. And I have a lot of different interests. And that was a department that really brought together a lot of different ways of thinking in one place. So you mentioned that you had a lot of different interests and they're being crossed over and brought together. And when you think about a typical career path, traditionally, we've studied something and then gone to work in an industry And there's very often some sort of path laid out in front of us. And I 
work in retirement planning. And a lot of people who are retiring worked for the same company for 20 or 30 years. We know that in our generation, that that is not the case going forward. And the idea of creating your own career path sounds, um, well, one, it could be confusing to people, right? If you don't have a clear idea of what you want to do or how you want to use your skills, but also just like if you have many talents, how do you put them together or how do you figure out how to balance them or which ones to like focus on as your driver if you have many things that you're good at or many things that you love? It's so true. What was normal for previous generations in terms of choosing a specialty and sticking with it is not the case for us anymore. So when my mom graduated from high school, she had three choices. She could be a nurse, a secretary, or a teacher. When my daughter, who's five, will graduate from high school, she has infinite (laughs) possibilities And she doesn't even have to be any one thing. She's going to be many things throughout her lifetime. Right now, she says an artist, gardener, baker, fashion designer. So, (laughs) Okay. So what you just described sounds a lot like the slasher in an article that you wrote for a women's networking group that we're both part of. Can you talk a little bit about what slashers are and what it's like trying to cultivate a career path when you are multi-passionate or you do have you know, different areas that you love and want to nurture and also make money doing? Yeah. So what you just described about choosing our own or creating our own career paths is something that gives us a lot of freedom and a lot of responsibility to be able to really create that for ourselves rather than being told what to do. And so when I graduated from college, I had all these different interests. I was completely confused about what my skills were or where I wanted to go in with them and really get deeper. And I thought there was something wrong with me because I couldn't choose a specialty. I couldn't choose a track. Even within my nonprofit, it's like, did I want to do fundraising? Did I want to do programming? Did I want to do finance? And during that time, my boss called me a generalist. And it felt like a huge insult. It felt like she was calling me a nothing. In her mind, she might have been like, you're kind of good at everything. Yes. But I mean, we all kind of want to be specialists in a way, right? We want to be exceptional at something we do. Well, that's, I think, what we've been taught to expect. And so they say, jack of all trades, master of none, right? Mm. Well, luckily, my next boss who came in gave me a different way to label it, which was being a systems thinker. So actually thinking about how all the pieces come together instead of how any one piece of the organization works. And at that same time, I was carrying around this business card wallet that I had made for myself. Um, I had to custom make it because it needed three pockets in it. I have three different business cards. And so when I was in one space, I'd say, oh, I'm this. I'm a nonprofit administrator right now. When I was in another space, I was saying, okay, today I'm an artist. And in another space, a business owner. And so I felt like I was clocking in and out of all these different parts of myself. And I would find myself introducing myself at networking events. And I'd say, well, I'm a nonprofit administrator, but in my other life, I'm an artist. 
And the more that I said that, the more that it felt wrong. It's not another life. It's the same life. And that's when I came across this concept of a slasher. And that title really gets your attention, doesn't it? It's it does. <laughs> not like a slasher film or anything <laughs> like that. It refers to the slashes between your job titles. So in those early days, I was a nonprofit leader slash professional coach slash artist. And so there are a lot of people that have these slashes between their titles, people who can't choose just one thing. They're a yoga teacher slash DJ slash bank administrator. And as I learned more and more about this, I realized that this was a thing. It wasn't just me being indecisive. It's a whole contingent of people who have various parts of themselves that they want to express through their work. And they don't do that through a single track career or an all-in-one job. They do it through multiple gigs. And at the time, it was 2009, and people were talking about the gig economy quite a lot. So I was thinking, okay, this is a really new idea. This is something that we're doing now. But actually, a slasher is a very old idea. It goes back to being a Renaissance man. Mm -hmm. I mean, Leonardo da Vinci had so many disciplines that he was working in. And that is what really resonates with me, is working at the intersection of these different things. I think sometimes we tell ourselves, I can either be a this or a that. Mm -hmm. Like I can either be a creative person or a financial person. But we contain multitudes. There are different facets to each of us. And I was finding that each of my slashes gave me the chance to express a different part of myself, whether that was creative, whether it was logical, whether it was doing individual work or being collaborative. And I thrive on switching gears between these things. And do you find also sort of like in the way a multi-sport athlete does, there's the idea of the specialist athlete where they go all in on baseball or basketball or whatever it is in high school. But a lot of college coaches will say, no, we prefer a multi-sport athlete because you're training different muscles in each of those different sports. And then when you're doing that, it brings a new element or a new ability to the other sports. Do you find the same thing happens within your different, the different focuses of your slashes? Am I saying that correctly? In the different areas that you, that you like to, to give attention to or work or develop that there are, you know, transferable skills that really do help you as you cross over? Absolutely. I think it's taken me time to wrap my head around that and think more about the connections between each of these things rather than how separate they are. But what my slashes look like now between being a mom and a coach and a leader, I see that I can show up. When I show up to any of those spaces, I'm showing up as all of those things. And so my leadership skills and my coaching skills come into play as a mom. My mothering skills and my coaching skills come into play as a leader. And so I can really pull those things from different areas of my life to activate them. Can you talk a little bit about the type of clients that you coach and how you help them? 
And then when you're working with someone who falls into this category, maybe they're just realizing that they're actually a slasher, like how you, how you help them or how you help them nurture those interests and make them, you know, effective and, uh, and hopefully profitable. Yeah. So my clients are really oftentimes emerging or mid-level professionals. And so they're at a point in their careers where they have had different experiences and are ready to really think about how they can reflect on what they've done, get clearer on the skills and their areas of interest, and decide really intentionally how they want to move forward. Many of them are slashers. And I consider part of my role as a coach to share with them the context of everybody I'm working with and everything that I'm seeing. Because career and leadership questions can be really lonely. You're often grappling with those in your own little world. And so for me to be able to share with people that being a slasher is a thing, or that the leadership challenges that they're facing are quite normal, and to share a story from another client who is going through something similar Part of my role is to just kind of normalize and help people feel calm, like they're not a big weirdo, and then share the tools with them so that they can get clarity on their own situation and also have the resources to move forward in an intentional way. One of the focuses for this podcast for me and for Lauren is that we are both professionals, but we have other interests as well. And Carol Ann, when you and I were talking, You said, yeah, you kind of count as a slasher as well, because this is a creative outlet for us. Honestly, what we do is very technical at work, but we found this podcast and the people that we talk to through it to be just an amazing creative outlet to work on personal growth. A lot of the conversations that we have with our clients at work end up spilling over into the growth area and how making improvements in one area of your life can really be leveraged in other areas. And I actually, I felt kind of, um, I, was, I was happy when you said, yeah, you kind of count as a slasher too, because I want to be someone who has different interests, different, to be multifaceted. And I really do think that when you can mm-hmm. embrace that there's more than just one focus for yourself, whether it be professionally, talking about sports before, thinking about my son, or if you also included being a mom, and I'm a mom too, Lauren's a mom, and bringing the skills that we have developed at work, home with us, and also some of maybe the skills around nurturing that we have with our children, those can be very effective in working with our clients too, because sometimes what they need is to just be reassured. You do a lot of speaking engagements. What are some of the questions that people come up with the most when you're speaking about being a slasher or about crafting and creating Mm. your own career path? Yeah, I think a lot of people, well, here's the big secret. We're all slashers. We all have different facets to our lives, whether we want to embrace that title and kind of take the tools from it is up to us. But being a slasher, it could be uh, a job or a paycheck, but it might be something you're passionate about or a hobby. It might be an identity like being a mom, or it might be a volunteering gig that you have. And so all of us have pieces of those that come together. I think the most common question that I get is that people feel lost or 
really divided, scattered, like they don't make any sense because there's no focus. And so what I often have them do is actually draw out on paper different bubbles with their slashes in each bubble. And then to zoom out and look at that big picture and think about what the threads are that connect all of those things. And you have to get really creative about this because at first glance, you might think that two things are really different. So for instance, I had a client who was a fundraiser in higher education, and she also had her own business as a personal stylist. And so she felt like she was two completely different people. She was hiding parts of herself at work and parts of herself in her own business. And we started to talk about what the connections are between those two things. She didn't think we could do it. So when you're a fundraiser, what do you do? You work with people, donors, to find out what's really important to them and give them a way to express that by making a contribution, often in a public way. So their name might be on a building or a bench. When you're a personal stylist, what are you doing? You're working with people to find out what's important to them, who they see themselves as, and help them to choose clothing that shows that in a public way. So they're actually kind of the same job, where she thought of them as two different things. And so to get really creative and think about what are, what are the things that connect the threads, connect the dots, and that's something that can really make you feel like a whole purposeful person rather than separated into these different pieces. And I think another piece that's really important about being a slasher, especially given the day and age that we're in, is that you have a lot to fall back on. You have different skill sets that make you nimble and adaptable. You're planting a lot of seeds and not all the seeds are going to grow. And so if your job disappears or if your industry changes, you have other skill sets to fall back on to pivot with. Instead of locking your identity into one job title or one industry, you're more focused on the skill sets that you can bring to a lot of different types of work. Which is hugely important right now as we're recording this, we're in the middle of the COVID-19 coronavirus crisis. There are a lot of people out of work and most people will go back to their jobs, but there are some that won't. There, There are some companies that unfortunately will just not reopen. And so people really will have to look at themselves and say, okay, Maybe my previous job is is not going to come back or my company will not be able to thrive going forward. How can I take my skill set and my interests and my talents and pivot to something else? I also wonder coming out of this, human behavior will probably change, right? The way we, or at least we'll take a while to go back to the way we were. I would certainly say in terms of the way we, we go out and the way we act as consumers and the way we interact socially. And there are absolutely industries and businesses that are going to have to adapt to that. So really being able to, you said being nimble and being adaptable, people are really going to have to dig into themselves, I think, in the next couple of months to see how they can thrive in a new environment. Absolutely. 
I think for some people right now is a great time to zoom out and look at the big picture and reflect on what their skills are, what their career path has looked like to date, and what they really want for themselves in the future. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you said that when you started thinking about this back in 2009, right? You said it was 2009? Yeah. I mean, think about, we, we were basically doing the same thing then. I mean, that's the last time that the jobs numbers were this bad, <laughs> quite frankly. And and people really did have to take a look at the way they were going to change their careers going forward. So the thought process you were having at that time makes a lot of sense that you were fig- trying to figure out how to craft your own career path. And here we are again. <laughs> yeah. I think that has really shaped how I think about how we navigate the modern job economy and my philosophy as a coach. And I think this COVID crisis has made this uh, more urgent for all of us. But what I've always believed is that we shouldn't define ourselves by our job title, our company, or our industry. As Americans, I think we are inclined to kind of put ourselves in a box and use that as our identity. So if I met you at a networking event, which I did. I'd say, hey, what do you do? Right? Right. (laughs) And you'd say your job title and the company's name on the paycheck that you get. I think a lot of us feel like we have to answer that way. And it's certainly something that I've struggled with over time. On your LinkedIn profile, for most people, their headline is, job title at company. Mm -hmm. But I think that it's especially important that each of us takes control over our own personal and professional identity. That means we're not just putting ourselves in a box because we need to be more purposeful and more resilient in order to navigate and create our own career paths. So that means defining yourself not by a job title, but by your sense of purpose or by the skills that you bring to the forefront. So when I introduce myself to people, I don't say I'm a strategic career coach with Penny Leadership. I say I help people to navigate their work with purpose and resilience. And that's my mission. So that's true, whether I'm a coach in my own company, or whether I'm a nonprofit leader, or whether I'm a mom. That is the mission that I bring to everything I do. That's the thread that connects the dots. Mm, I love that. And so by defining myself that way, I feel more resilient. Now I have to go update my LinkedIn profile, definitely. Yes. But that, that makes a lot of sense because it, it's part of your identity as opposed to what you do. And in working with the people who are retiring, this is one of the hardest things for people actually as they're retiring is leaving their career because so much of their identity was wrapped up in in what they did in the company they did it for. So that's really interesting. Absolutely. I actually have another group of clients that tend to be in their 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of them, they've been doing what they've done for a while. And so they feel like they really do define themselves by their job title or the organization where they work. Sure. And so what we do is we help them to really grab hold of their own professional identity and understand that what they independently bring to the table and their own sense of mission so that they can stand confidently and define what's next for them. It's about finding what your your mission and your purpose is and how you bring that to all the areas of your life. Am I repeating that correctly? 
Yeah, I, except I wouldn't say finding because I think a lot of times we think of um, purpose, like you got to find your purpose. Like if mm-hmm. you're wandering out in the world and you're in the right place at the right time. You mean it doesn't just pop up? No. <laughs> yeah, you'll just stumble over it. You'll be like, no. I found my purpose. Everything's fine. <laughs> um, for me, it's more of an uncovering. It's in there. And so what I do is I provide tools and questions that help to draw out your own self-knowledge and your own experiences and also reflect back some things from others around you so that we can take all that data and work with it, make meaning from it, and really crystallize it so you know what your next action will be. Oh, I love that. So when Lauren and I have a guest on the show, we have three questions that we ask about how you're balancing your life. And this can have to do with things in your personal life, in your professional life, multi parts of your professional life, or within your business. But it's kind of around the idea that We all have many areas and at different times, different areas will come into focus. Different areas will be the priority. So in thinking about your life right now, can you talk about what you would consider your main area of focus right now? I'm so delighted to answer this question because I'm really (laughs) proud of my answer and just kind of tickled by it. So much of my early career was about striving, proving, and achieving. Mm-hmm. And, that makes sense. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was a slog and it was exhausting. And my focus right now is enjoyment. Oh, wow. That wasn't really in my vocabulary before. I thought that everything had to be hard and it had to be just moving the finish line continually, that striving energy. And since I left my full-time work in order to create my own full-time business, and I'm really in control of my time, and I'm doing what I call my soul work, which is really in line with my mission, it's opened up a lot of space for me to really enjoy my life, not just zip through it. Does that kind of fall in line with being able to step back and be present and really just in, not just about enjoying what you've accomplished, but like enjoying where you are in, in the journey of where you're going? Is that in line? Yeah, that's part of it too. I was leading a retreat for a company earlier this year, back when we were out in the world. (laughs) It seems so long ago. (laughs) I know, right? It's like a dream. They hired me to lead their staff retreat at a luxury spa resort in the Poconos. And in the middle of the retreat, I just sat there for a moment and I just kind of breathed in and soaked it up. And I was like, I am, what a great milestone for my business and for me to be here hired to be in this place and offering something of value to this team. And so I just really took a moment to enjoy that for myself. And that's such a good point though, about how so often, especially as someone who had started your own business, so much of your time is in the beginning is going to be focused on achievement and accomplishing and and building the business and getting your name out and, and just really focused on doing, doing, doing. And being able to, you know, recognize what a good place you're in and what a blessed place you're in because of all that hard work is is really wonderful. Um, and I have to think, especially as being a mom as well, being able to really enjoy where you are in your career so much. I don't know if rewarding is the right word, but a, a, it's a wonderful thing. It's very it's f- a wonderful fulfilling thing. for sure. Fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah. 
Would you say that there is any area of your life right now, which you've looked at and said, you know what, this doesn't need to be the priority at the moment. And I think you kind of actually just alluded to it. Is there any area that you said, you know what, I'm going to give myself a little break on this right now to focus on something else? Well, I think starting a business, what my image of that looked like, and maybe what we've been taught to expect about that is pounding the pavement, working really hard, the hustle. Definitely. Like all of this really like entrepreneur, all hours of the day. And for me, the point of starting my own business was to have a better life, to feel fulfilled through my work, to have more balance between the different slashes that I have. Mm -hmm. And by the way, being a slasher really is very conducive to being an entrepreneur because I wear all the hats in the business and I love it. When you were talking about it before, I was I was thinking, I mean, this is what makes a good business owner is is yeah. being able to do the creative and the technical and the sales. And yeah, it yeah. Is definitely. And I enjoy all of those pieces. So bringing that together, but I'm not interested in hustling. I'm not interested in pounding the pavement. My mantra for the first couple of years was really build the foundation, build the foundation of my mm-hmm. work. If, if I believe this is my life's work and I do, then I didn't expect it to be the fullest expression of itself in the beginning. And I've taken kind of an organic approach to growing it. And as far as enjoyment, I wouldn't be able to enjoy the business if I was telling myself that story about being an entrepreneur who hustles and builds the business and growth and all this stuff. It's it's uh, more about enjoying it and being of service and being really aligned with who I am for me. Lauren and I love to talk about habits and how having like different habits or systems in your life can really help you in terms of being efficient. Because when you're running a business, even when you are someone, I have to think, who can step back and feel the enjoyment in it and be present, there's still a lot to do, right? So Mm -hmm. would you consider that there is any one habit or routine that you have? And it could be something really small, Or it could be something big, but is there any habit or routine that you have that you think helps you to really keep that balance, whatever balance looks like in your life at the time? Yeah. I have a practice around the new year, every year, where I choose one guiding word for the year. So a lot of people set New Year's resolutions where they have goals or specific things they want to achieve. But instead of doing that, I choose one word that kind of sets my intention for the year. And so you won't be surprised to hear that this year, my word is enjoy. And so every year I get a necklace made by somebody on Etsy that has my word on it. And I put that necklace on every morning. And that is a very gentle practice habit that I have that reminds me every day that my intention for this year is to enjoy. So whether it is an easy moment to do that, like I'm leading a retreat and I'm so proud of myself or whether it's being stuck in the house with my family for an indeterminate amount of time and feeling (laughs) uncertain and scared, I can always ask myself, where is the enjoyment today or how can I enjoy this moment? And so uh, having that necklace just gives me a way to come back to the word all the time And so it's not something that I either succeed or fail at. It's not a goal that I achieve or don't. It's just something that I can come back to as a touchstone throughout the whole year. It's a reminder of how you want to show up. Exactly. I mean, that's 
that's a beautiful way to remind yourself every every day, every morning, what your intention is and, and how you want to show up for your family and your clients. I think that's beautiful. I love that. Thanks. I truly mean it when I said that. Your presence is so calming. And I think that it's so important in a time right now when people really are feeling a lot of anxiety. I'm not feeling anxiety, but I feel the stress around me. Mm -hmm. And I do think it's so important for people to hear voices that are calming, not just in the way they sound, but in in what you're saying. Mm -hmm. You came into like figuring out your business in a time that was frankly chaotic in in the world, in the economy, it was chaotic. People were trying to figure out what our financial system would look like going forward and how people were going to have jobs and and how you can use your talents to be fulfilled, but also to pay your bills. And you did it beautifully. You did it really quite beautifully. And so as people are listening now, I think it's a really good reminder of how you can really tune into the talents and the gifts that you have and that you're multifaceted, but that there's a thread that runs through what we do. And, and that can really be our intention. And you know, the way we show up to everything that we do. It's beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, the way you say that makes it sound like it was easy and it all just flowed and made sense. And of course, that wasn't my path at all. I'm sure it wasn't. I felt confused. I felt lost, off track. But every time that I did, I came back to try to find that thread Mm -hmm. and to follow that thread in my life. And so that's the kind of tools that I picked up along the way is exactly what I love to share with other people so that they can also access this kind of calm, purposefulness and resilience in their own lives. So Carolyn, if any of our listeners want to get in touch with you, where can they find you on social media or how could they reach out to you? That'd be great. They can find me on my website, which is pennyleadership.com. It's P-E-N-N-E-Y leadership.com. And I'm also on Instagram at pennyleadership. And they can search for me, Carol Ann Penny, on LinkedIn and connect with me there. Each month, I offer a free leadership lab workshop on tools and resources for navigating your career and leadership. So that's a great way to engage further. And I would love to see people there. And I do want to say, as someone who's connected to you on LinkedIn, that Carol Ann offers a ton of great resources. So If you're interested in understanding a little bit more about her philosophy or the work that she does, there's a a lot offered through her website and that I found through LinkedIn for free. So that's a great place to start. So thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today. This has been such a great conversation. Be well. Be well. 